on today's show. What trades should the Mavericks be getting in on? Should they trade for Clay Thompson? We got a bunch of suggestions and stuff. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On Mavs. This is an audio-only version of the show. It's been a long time since I've been just on audio. I don't have to be on video right now. I'm, like, leaning back. I'm hanging out. Appreciate everybody that subscribes to the podcast. There have been people that have asked me from time to time, like at games or whatever, should I listen to the podcast or watch the video? Which one helps you more? Honestly, either one. Whatever is more comfortable for you. If you're somebody that I used to work at a job where I just sat there for the whole day, basically, and was like, sorting through papers and like uh, digitizing a bunch of stuff. And I would, I would honestly listen through all the podcasts I had. <laughs> there was, there was not enough podcasts I was interested in at that time. It wasn't like 20, 2012, I guess where there just wasn't enough. I would listen to like the no ducks guys and they were the basketball Jones, Bill Simmons. I would listen to all of Dan Patrick. I would just listen to everything all the way through. And so I was an audio person and then, you know, YouTube and video came around and now, you know, we're, killing it on YouTube and we love it on there, but wanted to do something for the audio only. And I wanted to answer a bunch of questions. And so I sent the bat signal up through subtext. Subtext is the text line that you can text me on, get the link in the description or text the number and you can ask a bunch of questions. So here we are. Let's ask a bunch of questions and I'll answer them on here. And we'll, we'll do, if this is, if this works out, we'll do this a bunch more going forward. First question. I don't think the Raptors are Trades are doable without those three first rounders this summer. If Siakam and OG get moved before then, do the Mavs likely shift their focus? I don't think this is a valid question. And that's why I'm starting with it because I don't think there's a focus to shift right now. I stand by what I said earlier this week. The Mavericks are going to make the big trade next summer or this summer upcoming. They'll be able to trade three first round picks. And they're able to trade three because the Mavericks will give up. Hopefully, they'll, they'll make the playoffs and not be a top 10 lottery team. And they'll finally give that pick to the Knicks. And if they finally give that pick to the Knicks, then the Mavericks will be able to go and trade 2025, 2027, and a 2031 pick. Now, there a couple of people have asked me about that because of the Stepien rule. The Stepien rule says you can't trade consecutive draft picks. So since the 2024 draft will be behind them, after that. And so this is, we're talking about like free agency time. They'll be able to trade three, not necessarily on draft night. And so since the draft will be behind them, they're able to look forward and okay, then we haven't traded them like consecutively. And so that's part of the stepping order. There's even an example in there. You can go look up the CBA FAQ on that, but the Mavericks will make a small kind of move this year. So if you're looking at the Siakam OG, I'm sure there's news about like Larry Markin or whoever else is out there. I don't think the Mavs, the Mavs, first of all, don't have enough stuff for them right now, unless they decided to trade lively. Yeah, that's right. If they decide to trade lively, then maybe a Siakam or somebody is in play. You can compile everything, but then, it, then your team is just Luca, Kyrie, no center again, Siakam or whoever else you get. Some of, you know, some of the wings that are still there that don't have to be added to make the salaries match. Like it, it, you just, you're not necessarily moving forward. The Mavericks finally got the center. And so unless they do that, they can't make one of those big trades this year. So the pick, the, the trade will come this summer if they're going to take a big step forward. They need to add a third piece. They need to add a third player that can, you know, help the Mavericks can can improve their defense. I think it has to be an elite defender. Because you're talking about the elite move that makes them a title contender. That's what you're talking about. That, that, that move cannot be just, all right, let's get anybody we can. 
And so that's why we've, we've talked about these guys specifically. And so I think they'll use the second rounders this year. They do have a first they can trade this year, but if they trade it now, then they won't be able to trade it in the summer. And then, you know, will they be outbid by teams if they only have two first round picks instead of three that they can trade? They'll definitely be outbid by, you know, the likes of OKC and, and teams like that. And so that's what I think about that. That's why I think this isn't a valid question. And that's why I started with it. Because if you're thinking about trades for the Mavericks, you've got to think about, you know, what the Mavericks can get for a couple of seconds and, and you know, the, and players. They'll, they'll, they'll maybe trade the players, but I don't, I don't think they'll trade the picks because it's just too valuable going forward. Plus, this new CBA is making first-round picks even more valuable going forward. So I think the Mavericks, they may not even trade all three picks in a trade that they make this summer, you know, because they may want to save some of those. Because look what they just did with one of them, and they got Derek Lively, and then they traded down and got Omax too and got off of Davis Bertanska. Like, they were able to do all of that because of one first-round pick. You can do a lot with that. We're not used to that here in Dallas. We're not used to first round picks. Go, we're not used to like like spreading the money out. You know, like making making your money stretch or you know go farther for you in the draft. That's not something that the Mavericks have done in the past. So that's my answer on that. There's a bunch of questions about Kuzma and Jeremy Grant, and if I'm going to start answering those questions, like maybe they could trade the first round pick for Kuzma. The problem is, does Kuzma push you over the top? I don't know that that's your third piece that you're getting that makes you feel, okay, we're a title contender now. So maybe they get Kuzma and then they make another move in the summer and then that that move like pushes you over the top. But I don't know. I think Kuzma could fit because he's he's played that kind of a role on a title contending team before. He's a bigger wing. He fits all that stuff. And so, yeah, maybe that's he can also get his own shot too, which the Mavericks need. They just need like one more player to get their own shot. And XM is kind of becoming that, but... As you saw in the, the Timberwolves game, you know, sometimes you, you just can't rely on on him to take that full leap all the time, right? Especially when you're talking about getting your own shot. He's just not that type of player. That's just not the style of player he is. Okay, I love this question because I think it's really interesting. Golden State is in a bad spot. I don't think they can politically, he put this in quotes, break it up, but they need a refresh. And while Draymond is talked about as one of the pieces to refresh, I believe he is out of reach for the Mavs. He's out of reach because he's not playing basketball right now. That's That was my commentary. How about gunning for Clay? So I'm considering a framework. Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi, and Holmes for Clay. This is the question I got sent. I'm going to say something that sounds ridiculous. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been better than Clay Thompson this season. Now go look at their numbers and tell me that that's not ridiculous. Plus, Clay Thompson is making $26 million less. Or Clay Thompson is making $26 million more this season. That's crazy. Now Clay isn't expiring, so you know, maybe combine the, the two. I just don't think Clay is worth it right now. He's worth more to the Warriors than he is to the Mavericks because of that what he means to the franchise, right? There was a time when, you know, Dirk meant more to the Mavericks than he would mean to another team. And so you, the Mavs are going to ask for a certain amount. The Warriors are going to ask for a certain amount for Clay. And the Mavs shouldn't pay that because I don't think he makes you that much better. He is not the defensive stalwart he was in the past. He is not that type of player anymore. And so if you're talking about any kind of trade like that, uh, I wouldn't even trade Tim. Tim has his ups and downs for sure, but he's been really good this season. He should be the leader for six. Without the Lakers tax for in FanDuel, he would be the, the odds-on favorite for the sixth man of the year. Austin Reeves is because there is a Lakers tax because a lot of action comes on Lakers bets. And so you'll always see the Lakers players higher than they should be in some of these, you know, award categories or whatever. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Tim Hardaway, Maxie and Holmes for Clay Thompson. I wouldn't do it right now. 
It's kind of crazy. I also wouldn't trade for Draymond because of various reasons. He's got a four-year deal ahead of him. He is like, what, 33, I think, right now? He is not in a good spot, obviously. And I think he brings more drama. He's also worth more to the Warriors than he is any other place. We've seen a fall-off from him. Yeah, he's going to be 34 in March. That is not a player that I expect to age super well either. So we've... Isaac and I in the, in the past have been really big advocates of let's get Draymond. He would he would help the Mavericks change their identity and all that stuff. I think that time has passed. I think that time has passed for Draymond because for him to be able to change the identity of the Mavericks, he has to play a lot. And like he's been fine for the Ma- for the Warriors when he's played this year. He plays twenty five minutes a game for them right now. Some of that is because of his ejections, but like then there's also that. Like I, I haven't even talked about his ejections. <laughs> You know, he's been suspended twice this year. I mean, something's going on with him. I mean, you can't convince me that he's just super passionate and that's what happens. Luca's super passionate too. He doesn't hit people. So I wouldn't trade for Clay. I wouldn't trade for Draymond right now. Would you trade for Wiggins? That was not a question asked, but I talked about it with somebody tonight. Wiggins is, is almost even weirder. Wiggins was almost their third best player in that title run. Remember when the Mavs played him? He was so good. And now, like last year, so last three years for the Warriors, 17, 17, and 18 points a game. Five rebounds, couple of couple two assists a game, got a steal, almost a block, shooting like 40% from three, like doing really good stuff this year. 28% from three, 12 points a game, only one assist. Uh, he's getting no steals, no blocks. Like, it just even the counting stats, like, even just the straight counting stats are not there for him. It really makes no sense. He missed a bunch of time last year. You know, who really knows what that was for? But, man, it's a far cry from the player we saw going through the, that finals run. So, no, I don't think I would trade for Wiggins right now just because of where he is. Now, maybe he needs a change of scenery. If he's the type of player that needs a change of scenery and the Mavericks can get him for those second-round picks I mentioned, sure, take a flyer on him. What's his contract? He just signed a contract with them. Oof. You know what? <laughs> you know what? That is the woof of seeing the price tag. If anybody there, you have probably bought something that was too much money and you get the, you get the receipt or you get the price tag and you, it rings up. I get this with groceries right now. I go out to get groceries for like two weeks or a week. They ring it up and the final number pops up there and I go, oof. That's that same woof sound I just, I just made when I was like, Andrew Wiggins making $24 million this year, $26 million next year, $28 million the year after that. That's 2025, 26. And then 26, 27, making 30. That's not a huge number for the NBA right now, considering guys are making 50 and 60. That's still a big number, though. And that's a lot for, for Andrew Wiggins, who's not fulfilling that end of the bargain right now for sure. All right, there you go. That's some questions about trades. Let's talk about some more stuff. There's a bunch of good questions in here about the Mavericks, about Luka, about Omax, um, Dante Exum. I want to answer all those questions, so we'll get into all that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com, and you can play daily fantasy. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. The largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy. It's just you against the numbers instead of going against thousands of different bots and you know things like that pros sharks it's just you versus the projections all you have to do is go to price picks you log in and then it shows you right away it shows you the 
projections on a bunch of players. You could do NFL, NBA, college basketball, NHL, a whole bunch of other stuff. They sometimes have fun stuff. Like right now, this is probably still available as you're reading this. Uh, Christmas Day, Kevin Durant, 0.5 points. You think Kevin Durant's going to score one point against the Mavericks on Christmas Day? <laughs> I'm taking the more on that one. I don't think I'm taking less. He's not going to score zero. What if Kevin Durant doesn't score any points? That would be wild to lose that one on, on FanDuel. But they've got stuff like that, so you just pick more on that. Uh, there's some other ones. Tyrese Maxey against the Pistons, 24 and a half. Oh, give me more on that for sure. Give me more on that. Uh, all kinds of other things. So you can put put some money down on that, have some fun, play that game. And, uh, and go check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for first deposit match up to $100. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me on this audio bonus edition of Locked on Mavs. Appreciate each and every one of you for subscribing to the show. If you want to ask me questions like this, if you want to get your question in the next mailbag, what I do is I'll take all the questions in and I'll write them all down in a sheet and then I'll send them all back to you in a document. So I'm basically writing a mailbag like Bill Simmons used to do or whoever else. Uh, and so subscribe to the subtext if you want that. Click the link in the description. Text the number in the description as well. Let's let's talk about Dante Exum because he's had some really good games recently. He's shown a lot of promise. And here are some questions I got about Dante Exum. With the Mavs being deep at guards, even without Kyrie, Curry, Exum, and Hardy, and I consider Tim Hardaway Jr., could you see the Mavs moving Kyrie for a big wing that they desperately need, like a fun guy Kawhi? Another question. Could Exum be the third star? All right. There are several questions like that. Let's pump the brakes a little on Dante Exum. He's been great. I love what he brings. You know that I have a room in the Exum estate. I've been on it for a while. Since FIBA, I was like, before that, I was I was on board with what he could theoretically bring. Then when I watched him on FIBA with the Aussies, Josh Green and him and Thibel, I was like, all right, he brings what, exactly what the Mavericks need. And that's what we're seeing right now. He he pushes the pace. He can defend the point of attack on defense. He hits a spot up three, or at least he did against the Lakers in that one game. But here's the thing about Exum. <sighs> Sorry to be the downer here. He hasn't played more than 42 games in an NBA season since I started Locked on Mavs in 2017. He also just can't create his own shot in the way that Kyrie can. We just saw that against the Timberwolves. I'm recording this right after that game. He can't get his own shot in the same way. So, like, if you're talking about Exum filling that role, the, one of the, the questions was moving Kyrie for a big wing because he got all this depth at guard. Like, he doesn't fill that role enough. You still need that elite scoring. You still need that number two. You still need that player that can, can score when Luka just can't because there's going to be games where Luka just can't. He's been really great in, the, in his role, and so I want to talk about that. Let's talk about him in his role. So, a bunch of other questions like, is he has he secured his spot in the rotation ahead of Josh Green? When everyone's healthy, where do you find minutes for Exum? You know, has the recent play of Exum and other role players made Josh Green tradable? And should that, you know, decrease his trade value and all that? My answer to that is, I think Exum has shown enough to replace Josh Green. I don't think that's, that's you know, a hot take, or I don't think that's difficult to say right now. Exum has been really good. His three-point shooting is kind of, it's, Seems like maybe an outlier because of that game right now. What's he averaging after that game? <laughs> that game really like... He's averaging 40% from three right now on only two attempts per game. <laughs> he hit seven in one game. So before that, he was not shooting the ball. He was like eight of something. He was... Yeah, he was shooting 28% before that. And so the shooting has to be more than theoretical for Dante Exum for him to like 
start being in these conversations some of you are having. But I think he has replaced Josh Green because what did we want Josh Green to do? What was I so sure that Josh Green was going to do this season? Come in, be another ball handler that can get his own shot a little bit here and there, defend the point of attack, be an extra passer, the oil that makes the offense go or makes the offense be a little bit more uh, threatening than just Luka and Luke, what Luka can do. Pick up the slack a little bit here and there. Become a connector. Dante Exum has been that. He's been go push the pace. That's something Dante Exum has been. So I for sure think he's taking Josh Green's spot in the rotation. Derek Jones Jr. being good too. Pushes Josh Green even more down. So like he's literally doing everything that you hope Josh Green would do. Uh, but we need a little bit more of a sample size on his three-point shot for us to depend on him in the Mavericks lineup going forward. So that's what, that's what I think about Dante Exum. Loving what I see right now. Another question was, would, how would you rank the need for another ball handler given Kyrie's injury uncertainty? Has Exum done enough to negate that need? Uh, I think he has. Exum and Curry and Hardy, at times with Hardy, I think they've negated the need for another ball handler. I think even with Kyrie healthy, I think they before the season, I thought they needed another ball handler. At least another set-up-the-offense guy. I didn't think Exum was going to be a set-up-the-offense guy, but he has been so far, especially in transition. But he's been, his assists and his passing has been a lot better than I expected. He's, let's see, he's got a a ton of assists. He's got two seven assist games, two six assist games. He's got a four assist game and a bunch of three assists when he was coming off the bench. Like he, he, he passes really well. And you just love to see that. He's been setting up the offense a lot better. And so I think because of that, as with Luca and Kyrie are there, then, you know, Exum can be that third guy that I thought that they needed. I'll answer some questions about Luca. I got a bunch of questions about Luca, as always. Question: Does Luca look slower than usual? My answer: Of course he does. <laughs> he has a baby at home, and he admitted he's not getting a lot of sleep right now. Obviously, and so he looks a little bit slower. But man, his game has not stopped at all, and maybe the slowness has helped him slow the game down because man, he's been just really, really good. You love to see it from him. Um. Then do you think Luca can keep this pace throughout the season? He keeps getting beat up pretty badly. I, I am looking at Luca's minutes right now, and I'm thinking about when can they find him some time? And I kind of wonder if it's against this Blazers, this Blazers team, and if they can find some time for him. But with Kyrie out, I don't know. The other the other thing about that is Luca has shown some really good leadership. I said I was going to talk about this on the last episode, and I I we ran out of time. He was Luca was on. What is, it, what is this show called? Headliners. I almost said handlers. <laughs> Headliners. It's Rachel, Rachel Nichols' show. It's on Showtime. It's on Paramount+. Plus. I sent a uh, a summary to everybody on subtext if you you know aren't able to watch that. But she interviewed Luca. She interviewed Kyrie. She interviewed Dirk. And she interviewed Kid. And it was like a 30-minute episode where she just t- took some of the best stuff. Luca specifically mentioned in that, and this was, I think, recorded on Media Day. He specifically mentioned he wanted to grow as a leader this season. We've seen that. Dana and I talked about it this week on on the show that Luca has grown as a leader. We've seen him step up. I think there's a lot of comments about that conversation saying that Kyrie helped him. I agree with you guys. I think Kyrie has definitely helped him mature and show, all right, this is is for real. This is game time. You've got a guy. You've got a dude with you. Like, you've got this dude that can help you, that can do almost everything you can do on the court, right? And so I think that's matured him. I think, obviously, learning he's going to become a father helped him, and then becoming one has helped him mature going forward. I think being in the league five years, I think missing the playoffs last year, there's a lot of different factors. We look at Luca and say, all right, it's time to mature. It's time to start becoming a leader on this team. I'm old enough now. He's one of the 
longest tenured Mavericks right now. I mean, Dwight Powell has lapped him several times, but he's one of the longest tenured Mavericks. And so he's been growing as a leader. And for that reason, I look at, go back to the question about Luca and the pace of the season. I think Luca will want to play every game. That's leadership stepping up. Every time I can be there, I'm going out there. Now, does he need to play 40 minutes every time he plays? That's my problem with that. That's my problem. He is he has played, oh my gosh, so many minutes. Against the uh against the Timberwolves the other day, he went out there and he played uh, almost 40 minutes. He played 39 minutes and they took him out for, you know, garbage time. Last go, going back to the last couple of games then. 43, 44, 41. He played 32 against Utah. That was good. That was a really good one. And he got a couple days off there. 46 against the Thunder. That one was crazy. He missed the game against Memphis. So he got a little break between the Thunder and the the Rockets game. But since he's come back from that break, I mean, he has not had much of a break at all, really. So I am looking at that. I am kind of worried about it. And I I think maybe Luka wanting to play every game could be his downfall. But hey, let's see what happens. He's in much better shape. He looks like he's better later in games. He's gotten the nutrition and working out and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that's all better. Oh, I like this question. Why does it seem like the media discounts Luca's superlatives compared to SGA and Tyrese Halliburton? Here's the thing. SGA Halliburton, they're the new shiny new toy. They're the shiny new thing that everybody distracts them with. Luca did the exact same thing when it was Durant, Giannis, and Curry's league. They were the ones running the league and Luca came in and everybody starts talking about Luca. And we were all happy about that because they were talking about the guy. They were talking about Luka Doncic. And now on my show, even on Locked on Mavs, I've been guilty of starting our show. I try to start the show with the best thing. And I've started with Derek Lively a couple of times instead of Luca. When Luca's had like 35, 40 point games, Luca's been awesome. He's been, he was the best thing in the game. And I start with Lively because that's the shiny new thing. Like he's a shiny new, shiny new thing on the, on that. It's a very different level. But it is kind of interesting that that's something that, that we do. I, you know, we're just interested in things we don't know much about. We know a lot about Luca right now. But yeah, I found that interesting that that yeah that he gets more he gets more attention and all that. Okay, we answered a question about XM Luca trades. Let's do some miscellaneous ones. There's a bunch of random ones here that I, I found kind of interesting. Uh, when will we have Isaac come back as a guest on the show? I got that question like three or four times. He may appear sooner than you think. Maybe sooner than you think. Now that the new owners are are in, do you think that the luxury tax will be different? Could they have the new ability to go after big contracts without worrying about it? Could that be a thing? Well, I here's the answer. They definitely have more money than Cuban. <laughs> because, man, these people coming in are very rich. The Las Vegas Sands and everything that they have and Miriam Adelson and all that. They've got a ton of money. The problem with that, though, is it depends on what they value. Because do you know who the second richest owner in the NBA is? Obviously, the first one is Ballmer. The second richest owner in the NBA worth almost $18 billion is Robert Para, who owns the Grizzlies. <laughs> the Grizzlies are not known as a spending team, but he's got all the money. You know, like, it, it just depends on what they value. And so if the Adelsons come in and if... You know, this guy DuPont comes in and they value this team and they can see what kind of investment it can be in investing in this team and the community and all that. Then maybe they will not care about it because they can definitely spend more than Cuban could. I mean, just by sheer numbers, it wouldn't hurt as much. 
And so that, that's what I think about it. It just depends on what they value. And it, we've got a long road ahead of us with this to find that out. I mean, that we're talking this summer, next summer. Like we're talking about distant future problems. Somebody asked, um, Kyrie was sitting with Nico at the game the other night against the, the Lakers. What, what was your take about it? Uh, my take is I think they had a good conversation. Kyrie mentioned in that uh, Rachel Nichols interview, one of the reasons why he stayed with the Mavericks, one of the reasons, there's many, but is because of his relationship with Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd. And not just a basketball work relationship, but an off-the-court relationship too. And so that's something that needs to be cultivated. I'm glad they got that time to, to hang out. Also, you know what I think? Kyrie was on crutches. I think it's really hard to try and navigate around that bench area. <laughs> now, against the Timberwolves, he was back on the bench and he was sitting there and he was back there. So if you were worried about that at all, I don't think you should be worried about it. Someone asked if I'm allowed to tell you slightly biased real name. The answer is, I know what his name is. But I'm sworn to secrecy and I won't give it up. I won't give it up. I won't tell you. Here's one Isaac would love. Somebody asked what bending styles each Mavericks player would be. I just did five. And they're talking about bending from Avatar The Last Airbender. It's my favorite show of all time. And they bend, you know, they bend elements. Earth, air, fire, water. And they can bend them in different ways. And they do like different martial arts moves with them. Luca is Earth. Luca is literally the male, visually unimpaired version of Toph. Toph is one of the characters. She's blind. She's she's a badass. She's like an incredible character. Luca is that. <laughs> Earth people are like are steady and they're stubborn and all that. And I think Luca is that. Kyrie, Kyrie is air. Air is the element of freedom, and that's easy. Come on, super easy. They like to move from one place to another, and they like to you know be free of every like everything he says, everything that comes out of his mouth screams that he's an airbender. And I think he would agree. And I would like to ask him one day. Grant Williams. Grant Williams is a firebender. Element of power. They have the desire and will. Just listen to him talk at any point. Maybe his shooting has not been firebender. He's been missing a lot, but he's definitely a firebender. Derek Lively is water for sure. Water is the element of change. Lively flows. He also values family really highly. That's another element of, of you know of what water does. And he learns really quickly. I think that I think Derek Lively is a waterbender. Dwight Powell, last one. Dwight Powell is the cabbage merchant. He's always around, and sometimes he gets hit in the face. So there you go. That's a bunch of stuff on the Mavericks. Let me know if you like this ver- like this kind of format, and we'll do it more going forward, like the bonus audio. And uh, yeah, check back for the episode after the Blazers game. I'll be back, and then there will be uh, yeah, I'll, there won't be a, a Monday episode. So like a Sunday night going into Monday episode because I will be gone. I'll be with my family, but we'll definitely be back with a vengeance after the Mavs Nuggets game. And so we'll have that for you. So thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.